1: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park.
0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast with your host Sam Carroll, joined by Adam Jones, Dave Prentice and Christopher Beasley, as we chew the fat, as Phil Kekbride would say, over another week at Goodison Park and what is shaping up to be the biggest game of the season so far, because every game, every next game is your biggest game. At Manchester United at Old Trafford to take on Oligunus Salshires, Red Devils, and Everton. Judging from Rafa Benitez's press conference, there, them might be calling on some of us to, to fill in the gaps. We're <laughs> missing a fair few first teamers for the game.
2: Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Like as you say, I'm, I'm, I'm half expecting the call at some point to see if I can play back oh. back or something like that. Yeah. I, I, w- I wouldn't be a, a poster. I, think I, I, would, I would stand up and answer the call. <laughs> but uh, like, in all seriousness, uh, Calvert-Lewin and Coleman, despite rejoining individual training over the course of the week, they're still not fit. Mm. Richarlison's been back in the gym, but he's still not fit. Uh, Andre Gomez has been you know, absent from everything, so he, he's certainly not fit. Uh, we didn't get an update on Fabian Delph, but we can only presume that he's not fit because it's Fabian Delph, let's, let's be yeah. quite honest with ourselves. But another perpetually injured man, John Belief Gabamon, is actually is actually back fit. And I think Benitez went as far as to say fully fit, didn't he, after returning to, have to return into training. So he, he certainly said, oh, we need bodies. So Gabamon is at least a body. Uh, and he could just step into the squad to instantly replace Alex Awobi. It seems who who looks to be carrying a little bit of a knock and a bit of a, he, of a bombshell from Rafa with Awobi, wasn't he? Just yeah, dropped, dropped yeah, that casually in it. Yeah, end. he just got randomly asked about Awobi's form, and he just went, "Well, he's got a bit of a knock, so he might not even play." <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, but uh, he did go on to say that he's been playing well under him. It still needs to improve, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, it's looking it's looking like a pretty threadbare sort of squad, and. When you when you go into a place like obviously you don't want to thread baseball for any Premier League game, but going to a place like Manchester United, they they're the kind of team. Even though I don't think they necessarily play very well against Real, lost obviously to Villa and West Ham recently at Old Trafford as well, but they are still the kind of squad that's going to punish you if you if you lack in any sort of department. So it's going to be it's going to be a rough ride for Everton uh, on Saturday. I I feel unfortunately,
0: is the team proud? You can't judge much from pre-season friendlies, but no Richarlison, no Calvert-Lewin. The team kind of um, a little bit conspicuously resembles the the team that was walloped in in pre-season, doesn't it? And as a United with a point to prove after you know, they had the win in midweek, I suppose, but a bit of a gut-wrenching defeat to Aston Villa. The the stars aren't exactly aligning for a, uh, a rare Everton win at Old Trafford.
3: No, it's very, very frustrating because I think Villa showed last weekend what a team can do against this United side, you know, so with a full complement of uh, of players that are very good United side, they've got great quality in lots of areas, but they're not totally assets. you know, they're, not, they're they're vulnerable, you know, so you can guess at them. West Ham, you discount that game, it was a Carabao Cup tie and it was effectively a second string, you know, so United team. Uh, but, you know, the Villa game certainly wasn't and uh, likewise, in Major League, they went very strong against Real as they needed to, you know. So, given their recent results, uh, and just about uh, squeaked in. So you'd think that with Calvert Lewin available, with Richarlison available, um, you know, so it would be an opportunity to test really just how far you know, Rafa Benitez has progressed this team. Uh, he's won the games that you'd expect him to win, you know. In some degrees, this discount Brighton from that because that was an outstanding win, but largely won the games that you'd want him to win. But this is the one that you think, right? Okay, let's just see exactly, you know, so sort of how good they are now. But with the players who are unavailable, it becomes a massive challenge now of his organisational abilities. And as you know, I'm hoping he's going to go out there and do what we thought Rafa was going to do. You know, so when he first said, arrived at Goodison, which is be the arch pragmatist, and you know, so sort of park the bus in a few occasions, and you know, so sort of try and like grind a few results out here and there. Quite the opposite, he's been very, you know, so sort of ambitious, very progressive and have scored probably a lot more goals than we expected there from his teams. But this is an opportunity, I think, on occasion where maybe you want to see him, you know, sort of pack the midfield a little bit, you know, sort of make life difficult for United and try and hit them, you know, on the counter with bits of, you know, sort of pace from Damari Gray. Right? But yeah, it's, he's up against it. Well, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, so you've got these challenges thrown at you during the course of a season. You've got to go and do it. Uh, but it's going to be challenging. Yeah, I totally accept that. It's going to be a very, very tough game. Can you can you come in
0: and, and rescue us with some with some <laughs> optimism? Can, can you uh, foresee a a, a, a a consummate Everton four 0 win? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know about that, but I suppose that the some of the times when they um, they have got results, and like I said, they have been few and far between. maybe when you've not been expecting them um, to get something there, obviously, you remember the uh, last season was. Um, the, the thrill in um, late Dominic Calvert-Lewin goal at defensive stoppage time to snatch a three-all point, and then the year before they came away with a point from that fixture. If you remember, obviously it was it was Duncan Ferguson's um, second game in charge. Obviously he'd, had, he'd enjoyed the morale boost in three-one home win over Chelsea first time out. But again, you know difficult circumstances. He, he ended up subbing the sub, didn't he? With Moyes, keen controversial decision there. But yeah, they, they they have taken a point from this fixture for the last couple of seasons so like you know, obviously you're wary going into it given like we say that much um um vaunted United attacking strength and what, and what they've got but they, they're not firing on, on all cylinders they, they've certainly got the personnel United but they, they've been they've blown hot and cold haven't they I mean Ole Gunnar Solskjaer you know he knows the club and he's well respected and he's well loved at United but how many other Premier League teams would take him on? Um, they've got this, you know, um, galaxy of stars uh, you know, at, his, at his disposal, but he's not always achieving the results that he necessarily should be with that team. So, you know, he's always going to have a chance. Um, um, Benitez um, knows what's required from these um, sort of fixtures and will set a, a team up accordingly, whether that's enough or not, I mean, so I will tell you, yeah, it's challenging circumstances, but I wouldn't totally discount, you know, Everton getting something from this from this fixture.
0: Adria first, I think Bees is basically reading between the lines. They're predicting a 3-0 win, so <laughs> get your money on. <laughs> Adam, it's, it's going to be you and Chris at Old Trafford tomorrow. What, what kind of setup are you expecting from Rafa Benitez? Because the concern, you know, if you do go and shut up shop too much, and you let United control the game too openly. They have, as Beans pointed out, got the personnel to punish it. It's probably about finding the right balance, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I can't foresee there being a lot of changes. I think perhaps an injury to Awoyi would make life a tiny bit easier in a sense. I think it would allow Everton to use more of a four-three-three sort of formation than the you know essentially a four-four-two or. 4-4-1-1, whatever you want to call it, sort of formation that they've been using so far. I think if you if you drop a Wobie out of that team, you can bring in an extra midfielder to try and just plug some gaps in the midfield. And essentially, I think I'm pretty sure United still go 4-3-3, three three, don't they? So it's just you know matching them up in terms of bodies and the areas of the pitch. I think that could be that could be a crucial crucial asset. I think uh, Andre Gomez being out would be you know, a bit of a blow in that sense because I think he's worked well coming on as a third midfielder in certain games so far this season. I think he did really well against Leeds in that sense and against Huddersfield as well, even though that was different circumstances with uh, Moyes Keane getting sent off, of course, on that situation. But uh, yeah, any sort of third midfielder, I think Tom Davis, obviously, he played very well in that game that Bees mentions the 3 3 last season, especially in the. In the second half, he really came out for the second half and seemed a different player to the first half. Really, really played well on that occasion. So it would be nice to see him potentially get another chance. You wonder how fit Gabamon is because if if Gabamon was fully fit, as Rafa Benitez says, then you know this could be a game where you'd like to throw him in. But you know he's, he's really not played a lot of football recently, hasn't he? So do you, like do you throw him in? To a game at Old Trafford with with the stakes so high, um, yeah. I'm not particularly sure. It like to me, it would strike strike me as Davis would be the obvious option in that sense. But I don't think there's any need for us to you know switch it up completely and go like five at the back or anything like that. I think to be honest, we struggle with five at the back regardless. And when we've not got a natural, especially right wing back in a in Seamus Coleman being there. I'm not sure. Luca Dean is naturally a left wing back either. I think he's probably better suited to be in the left back himself. So it's just trying to keep that keep that back four as solid as possible. I think Eddie Mean has been fantastic uh, so far this season. You know, hopefully Ben Godfrey will have a bit more fitness about him. Just keep a solid back four there, and just as I say, just try and at least match them up in terms of bodies, and then it's all just about you know how hard these players can work, how determined they are, like their commitment into going into every sort of tackle. And let's be honest, throughout this season, barring maybe that QPR game where we made a lot of changes, I would say that the Everton team has shown those qualities so far this season. So fingers crossed, if we can do that, we can you know match them up in terms of bodies at least a little bit and uh, and hopefully try and come away with somewhat of a positive result. Bees, I'll, I'll
0: come to you next. I think Prenos just kind of having some camera. My shoes here. You okay there, Dave? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adam yeah. brings up Tom Davies there, and there's been reports this week linking him with a move to Crystal Palace, or at least Crystal Palace monitoring Tom Davies and his contract situation. Maybe a little bit unfortunate in, in the QPR game to be the man who missed the penalty after a, a decent run of takers who, who all slotted. But I don't know, where, where do you stand on, on Tom at the moment in terms of at some point this season, he's kind of got to put together a, a consistent run of form to prove that, you know, he's good enough to be part of this midfield moving forward. Would you Would you think that's a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, it comes a point, isn't it, when you're not still a prospect as such as a, a player of potential. You know, he's, he's been in there... Since a very young age, uh, and obviously he burst onto the the scene, um, and <laughs> we use that a lot for young players coming into this, when they make their debuts. But he really did with that one—the goal against Manchester City. So a lot was expected on him from a, from a very young age. I've seen Marco Silva made him the youngest captain in, in the club's history. So he, you know, he, he's achieved a lot already. But th- yeah, there comes a point when you you're no longer potential, and you you have to start. Start delivering on, on a regular basis. He's never really become a first team regular. He's been part of that first team squad for a number of seasons now as a squad player rather than one of the first names on the team sheet. So yeah, you could say that you know it is a potentially a, a very important um, season for Tom whether he takes that next step and be, becomes more of a, an established uh, member of the side, or, or whether um, you know the manager ultimately starts looking towards him. Um, um, Different options, yeah the, You know, you know what you get with Tom is that you know he, he gives that a certain amount of um, you know the, the work rate and that industry in, in, in the centre of the park, and there's maybe an option a bit different than some of the other midfielders at Benitez's disposal. But um, yeah, it, it, it is important for me. You know, if he is long term, carrying on um, as an an Everton um, future for him he 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 does need to sort of establish himself, get those minutes in this season and actually uh, not just be playing but actually um, producing that, that end product so yeah, it's, it's it's an important time for for Tom, you know he's, he's it's tough a lot of the time for the, the, some of the, the local lads, you know there isn't that extra pressure on, on their shoulders but you know, he's had that for, for a number of years now and he, yeah it could be, definitely be a big year for him do you agree with that, Prenor? Yeah, I mean uh, he's going to be
3: very, very important this season if um, our you know sort of injury record <laughs> continues the way it has, uh, and, and it could yeah. be a, a big season for him. It's funny, I've seen a few comments recently, uh, you know, on social media. I know it's not the best platform to be uh, looking for uh, positivity, uh, and you know, obviously he does come in for more, much more than, than his fair amount of stick. I don't know why that often seems to be like a local lads prerogative uh, and I don't get that you know so Johnny Ebrill, you, know, you can you know in a similar kind of search situation big expectations because he came through the FA school of excellence uh, and he was always consistent always available but was always criticized because people always wanted a little bit more and you get the same impression you know so with, with Tom um, he's always available he's always there he's always willing. With- Billing, you know, so he always puts in a shift. So I think maybe we should be trying to cut him a little bit of slack on occasions. Um, all right, he so missed the penalty, you know, sort of QPR. But, you know, so that happens to anybody. Um, his performance is generally a reliable. You know what you're going to get from him. Um, you know, every misplaced pass seems to be met with some kind of call that he's not good enough for the football club. But I just don't get that sometimes. So, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a, a big season from him and all he can do, or big season for him, uh, all he can do is, you know, sort be as available as he has been, and be as committed as he can be, and try and you know sort of persuade you know the new manager uh, that you know because he's still new to him that you know uh, he deserves to have a place in the squad and maybe a bit more to play. But at the moment, you know, so when we're struggling for numbers, yeah, he's going to be very, very important. And while we're
0: struggling for the numbers, Adam and Solomon Rondon, you would expect get another chance to to lead the line. There would be worse places to score your first Everton goal. Another player who's seemingly split opinion in his first few appearances, but very clearly getting back up to speed. What have you made of, of Rondon so far, and, and what do you think he needs to offer tomorrow?
2: I think the big thing for him is that he played ninety minutes last week, wasn't he? Like, I, I think I I was one of them. He was he was saying that I was I'd be surprised if he lasted uh, sixty minutes last weekend after you know give, being given a good run around against Aston Villa. The week before, he'd obviously started against QPR in midweek as well. You could tell he did look just tired throughout throughout that Norwich game, but it is to be expected, isn't it? You know, he's essentially spent four months at home, not really in full training or anything like that. And he's been thrust into a, you know, a highly pressured situation. I think think Rafa Benitez would say himself that, you know, he didn't want to be throwing Salomon Rondon in and starting games. This early in his Everton career, but needs needs must essentially with Dominic, both Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison injured, you can't really account for something like that. Obviously, Ellis Sims is still coming back from his own long-term injury problem as well, so it's clear that he's not fit. Let's say he's even behind Rondon in terms of in terms of fitness, we saw Lewis Dobbin come off the bench, but you know he's still adapting to Twenty Three's football, let alone uh, the step up to the Premier League. So. Yeah, I do. I do feel really sorry for Rondon because you can see even towards like the latter stages of that Norwich game, you could see him, you know, trying to get involved in the physical battle with centre backs. He was linking up play as much as he could. You could tell that he's that he's trying trying to give to give it everything, but you know, perhaps his fitness just isn't up with his you know mental speed as of yet. Uh, hopefully, with having a week off after that ninety minutes, essentially, let's well, say a week off, he's been in training, of course, but like a week of not playing a football match, then perhaps he will be refreshed again because he just needs to. He still just needs to give it everything at Old Trafford, doesn't he? He needs to be that physical presence that that we want him to be up front. Not necessarily just a, a straight target man or anything like that, but he needs to be, you know, putting pressure on those centre backs, especially with Harry Maguire still out for Manchester United. Victor Lindelöf's come into the side, and you know I do think he's a decent defender, but he's he's got a mistake in him, hasn't he? You know, if Salman Rondon can put a bit of pressure on him, even in a physical sense, I think he would have the physical beating of somebody like Lindelöf. So that's the kind of work that we need Rondon to be putting in, allowing the likes of Damari Gray and Andros Townsend to get to get around them and uh, use their pace and quality to perhaps try and get in behind this Manchester United defence. So I think he really could be crucial this weekend and how he plays. You know, if he if he does have a really good game, it could open up a number of possibilities. I mean, not just even for Gray or Townsend, but possibly for somebody like Decore running forward from a deep, deep deeper sort of line midfield position. So I think he's going to be absolutely crucial for, for this game. And it's going to be interesting to see how his role changes a little bit after the international break when you're expecting the likes of Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison to be back fit again. You know, maybe, maybe perception of him will change when he's, you know, coming off the bench and he's obviously looking physically fitter, and he, he's he, he, the expectations of him are back to where they should be. Like at the minute, his expectations are right. You need to fill in for Calvert Lewin, which I think is really unfair on a thirty-two-year-old striker who's quite clearly uh, not at his full fitness yet. So, fingers crossed, he can have a good game against Manchester United because I do think he deserves it.
0: Don't know about UBS, but even with on getting up to speed, and I don't think we've seen maybe the Solomon Rondon that Newcastle and West Brom fans seen in part. But it does make you appreciate what what you have in in Dominic Calvert Lewin even more, doesn't it? You know, not just his goals that you know his goal output since Carlo Ancelotti came to the club as as doubled, trebled, whatever it is, but mm-hmm. even the last few games just giving you that option of the out ball and you know, how prolific he is in the air, how good he is at holding the ball up. Everton have kind of... It's it took him a while to get there, but Everton do have a real gem in Calvert-Lewin. He, he will be a real big boost to Rafa Benitez when he comes back because he's not a player
1: that's often injured either. No. It, it's going to be near all impossible to have a, a like-for-like replacement, isn't it, of Calvert-Lewin. You're not going to have somebody of that calibre in reserve just to come in as and when. So that's why probably a you know a smart piece of business by Benitez and is why the, the, the signing was so um appreciated by fans like so you know it's another it's another free transfer. It's a player who knows the manager well, willing to you know run through the proverbial brick wall for him. And as a pedigree within the Premier League, yeah he's never been as um prolific as as Carvert Lewin. But you know you know you're going to have that, in you, your understudy he, he can come in and, and do a job. He, he, yeah, we've not seen the real Rondon as such for those mitigating reasons that Adam just pointed out. You know the, the fact that he has been you know away from the Premier League for a while and played um, a lot. Um, you know the pace in China and even Russia is not going to be the same as what it is in in the Premier League. So yeah, it's going to it's going to it's going to be difficult for him. But yeah, Cal, Calvert Lewin. Um, Massive miss, isn't it? Um, he's just come on, you know, such leaps and bounds in the last um, couple of, couple of years. Um, he's always been a very polished player, good all round striker, uh, lead the line well and then link up well. But you know, he's, he's taken it on for that really sort of what the most difficult thing for strikers just to have that, that natural finishing ability, which you almost think can't be taught. But he's really improved his, his, his goal output. I mean, you have to remember, um. I know mean, a lot of us been watching um the the program about the early years of the premier league um, the the fever pitch um series and alan shearer has obviously featured prominently in that um, as the premier league's all-time Eden goal scorer and this last episode was all about when he, he he left blackburn for for newcastle united became the world's most expensive player but he, in his early years, you know, he, he was playing in what was the first division when he first started um, with Southampton from, like, the age of 17. But he wasn't prolific to start off with. And he had to learn. here to feel his way through the top division and sort of learn that. He wasn't like um, Wayne Rooney, just like Boy Wonder from, you know, his very first season, you know. It took him a while to sort of get there. And it's been sort of similar with calvert Lewin. It's been a gradual process. But when he's he's at that level now, yeah, you're going to struggle to sort of Re- replace him he's not He's not the finished article I think there's still a few things a few elements of his game when he's one-on-one with a keeper he needs to be a bit more sort of ruthless really and take those um, chances in, in those one-on-one situations but you know he has more or less got the, the full package now so yeah he, whenever he is missing you know you're going to feel it The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo You ready?
3: Showtime
0: And Adam, this week, Richarlison was was again speaking kind of about his time at Everton and, and his future, and it was I don't think it was in a in a a bad way that he, he did admit that you know he doesn't know what will happen in the future. Like any footballer, probably doesn't really know what what will happen too far into the immediate future. But it probably at that time is probably coming for both parties, isn't it? That Richarlison last season. I think we'll admit it wasn't his his best season. He did have a few dips in form, but he is obviously someone who's got potential to be a world-class talent, and it is kind of coming to that point now where he wants to play at the highest level. Everton have either got to get there and be able to give him that, you know, a big new stadium on the horizon too, or that that day will potentially come when the club would have to look at cashing in on, on their prized asset. But for you... Over the course of this season, what what would you like to see from Richarlison to to deliver when he's back from injury? Do you think he now needs to kick on
2: and become that twenty goal a season player? Well, it really depends what position he's going to be playing for the rest of the season, doesn't it? If we're if he's going to be playing still as that second striker, almost to Calvert Lewin, then I think it maybe relieves the pressure a little bit on the amount of goals that he needs to score because I think Calvert Lewin is still the talisman in that sense, and you know I think. If we're going to keep our expectations where they should be, I think maybe Calvert Lewin should be the twenty goal a season man and you know yeah. Richarlison should be maybe towards the between ten and fifteen goal a season yeah. sort of man and maybe just getting a bit more assists than than Calvert Lewin would. But I think it was quite interesting to hear Rafa Benitez today talking about the fact that he had lunch with Richarlison the other day and you know he was he, he was very candid in the fact that he said, Yeah, we we, we spoke about his future, but you know, it's just just one of those, th- just one of those things at the minute, isn't it? I think you're quite right in what you said, and it's something that we mentioned early in the week as well. That you know th- these these comments from Richarlison are kind of expected, almost. You know, he is he is just a lad with a lot of ambition behind him. He's obviously got bags and bags of quality. He will be a really, really good player in the future, and you can understand the fact that he wants to go and win trophies if if Everton can't offer him. You know, a, a right platform to win trophies and like personal accolades and stuff like that, then, you know, he's going to have no qualms in going on and moving anyway. It's not as if he's grown up as an Everton fan, is it? You know, he's he said he's still got a, a huge affinity to the club and he'll only leave the club if the deal is right for us as well, which I think, you know, made made a lot of fans happy. But, you know, to to even to even have these kind of questions directed in the press conference, I mean, I suppose they were always going to come when those quotes came out, but. Yeah, I, I do kind of think it's something out of nothing. Almost, uh, I do kind of think you know these were Charleston quotes. He w- he was very respectful in what he said. I don't think any Everton fans were particularly surprised by uh, what he said, but it, there were a lot of certain media outlets, I would say, that that seemed very surprised and twisted twisted his words in quite interesting ways over the last over the last couple of days. So yeah, I, I think Rafa Benitez addressed it in his press conference, didn't he? he said you know had a nice lunch, talked about his future. I don't think he really needs to say anything more than that, to be honest. I think it's all about you know getting Richarlison back on the pitch, getting him fit again. And uh, hopefully he can start chipping in with those goals, as I say, next to Calvert-Lewin. And fingers crossed that, that partnership can continue to develop, at least for the, uh, the rest of this season.
0: He is a player that gets quite close to his manager, Richarlison Preno. He has a great relationship with Marco Silva across Watford and his time at Everton, he, from the outside, appeared to have a a lot of respect, for Carlo Ancelotti, with, what he'd achieved, in his career, but, Rafa does seem, since he's came to the club, pretty much across everything, has been very, professional, in in his responses, and, as Adam pointed out, that little touch, at the press conference today, you know, sitting down, having some lunch, with with richarlison he's he's not famed, for being that kind of manager, who, puts his arm, round the shoulder, but, maybe he might be taking a slightly different tact with with Richard
1: yeah
3: it's, it's strange I mean that relationship with Marco Silva, I think he described himself as being like you know almost paternal you know so how much you know respect he had for him um and yeah it does make you fear that you know is he going to be able to replicate that with uh, with other managers but I think what Rafa's has done is just being straight you know so just being upfront with him he's being honest you know so and that's you know What most footballers want. They want to know where they stand. And um, it was quite good, you know, as Adam says there, to hear him say that, yeah, he sat down and had lunch with him. And he sat down and had lunch with him and his representatives. And yeah, they spoke about his future. uh, And he wants to score goals for Everton. He wants to get fit. Uh, He wants to be a success here. So, and very positive, he said. So it is very, very good to hear that. Um, obviously, Rafa will be aware of the interview that he gave uh, last week. So, whether this like lunch meeting was already pre-arranged, or whether he arranged it as a result of um, you know those comments, I don't know. But it was good to hear that. Yeah, you know. So just uh, as as Adam said, nothing to see here. Just move on. You know, it was it was sort of a fairly nothing interview. It certainly wasn't you know Romelu Lukaku esque, who every time he went away on international duty. Uh, was dropping little, uh, you know, sort of tidbits in here and there about wanting to play Champions league, you know, clubs and want to progress his career and then claiming he'd be misquoted when he came back. Uh, it was absolutely nothing like that. It was a very honest view. It sounds like his um, issue was very honest and very right, which is all you can ask for. I mean, let, let's not kid ourselves. You know, he is such a good player that he's going to be courted by Champions League playing clubs. And if we can't get ourselves into that, you know, elite, Anytime soon, he's going to be chased by clubs and he's going to be agitating probably uh, for moves to those clubs. So we need to brace ourselves for that. You Not know, to be realistic but as long as he leaves on our terms, you know, as long as he leaves with a, a Romelu Lukaku-esque, um, you know, sort of transfer fee on his head, which hopefully we won't waste as well so, as yeah, as much as we've wasted uh, you know our so previous transfer fees. Who knows? But you know, things can change. You know, so it's very very early in the season. You know, we could have a very good season. You know, we could still i don't know you know so we're in a competition it won't be the caravan still do something that okay i've got a future here at everton football so very early days let's just sit tight let's just be sensible about it as the manager and as the player both appear appear to be at the moment
0: because we we are in that unusual situation and, and injuries kind of make it a little bit more interesting i suppose but We'll level on points with Manchester United going into the game, but the results, you know, unless it's an absolute thumping against us, which, you know, no one is expecting it to be, we should still be very competitive in this game, but you can't really, regardless of the result, take too much from it. What what do you kind of want to see at Old Trafford? Is it, is it more around the performance and certain individuals kind of, who are going to get this opportunity because of injuries, putting on a putting on a show and, and giving Rafa Benitez that selection headache that you know we don't quite couldn't we have?
1: Yeah, you, just, you want to be competitive in these games, don't you? You know, you might nick a result, you might not do, but you want to be, you know, going into that that last ten minutes, um, you know, it's the game not out of reach has been far too many times. You know, I've been a frequent visitor to Old Trafford for for a number of years, seen a lot of Everton games there, and I've pro- possibly I think Arsenal's probably the game they've taken the fewest fixtures per game from, something like that. But it's not far off if it's not that one. The Man United away, you know, they won there in the very first. Going back to the very early days of the Premier League again, off I go again on nostalgia. They won in the very first week of the Premier League three there, Then they didn't win again until, obviously, um, Roberto Martinez's first season, the one nil, Brian Oviedo game. So, yeah, you just want to you want to be going into the, the final stages of the game with, with it not being out of sight. There's been too many times when they've just gone there, you know, just got turned over, you know, lose by three or four goals, something like that. And, you know, that... That's that's not nice. You you accept defeat if you go down fighting, but you you don't want to be you know blo- blown out of the water. So that's the fear. With you know, if United's attacking players can click, they are capable of doing that um, to you. Especially if it's a bit of a Fred Bird Everton side and um, down to the, the bare bones as it were. Um, so you want to make a, a good show of yourself. But yeah, it, it is by far and away so far in this early stage of the season the biggest Everton test so far. Um, <laughs> we talk about the points that they've got so far and as Dave rightly said, Brighton over, Albion away, getting a result there as much as they're not one of the divisions. Um Big guns, you know, it was the first time they got a result there so that was a bit out of the ordinary but other than that, it's been points you'd kind of expect them to pick up whereas this is one of the, um it's, um it's what we call the established big six, you know, we, it, sometimes we say the big six like it was ever thus and will always be but yeah, they are you know, the team with the most resources in the division and always going to be a, a, a tough away game. So, yeah, you you, you know, regardless of the final result, you hope to take something from the game, but you just want to make it competitive. Last time we won there,
0: Bees, Sylvan Distan put Brian Oviedo on his shoulders at the final whistle. Mm. Could you recreate that with Adam if we win? In the press <laughs>
1: what would on Adam's shoulders?
3: You're
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Adam the press box.
0: That'd be amazing. <laughs> Adam, the, the, you can kind of say sometimes in cup finals and things like that, you know, these are the games you want to play. And Everton got competition at the back, whatever, four defenders, five defenders even, potentially Rafa picks. Not much of a better way to, to put yourself, to kind of raise your estimation and is thinking to, to pit your wits against Cristiano Ronaldo and, and have a good game. And I think uh, Yeti Mina versus
2: Cristiano Ronaldo especially, to me, Sounds like a good battle. Literally when Bees was just talking then I was I was looking thinking ahead to the game and I was thinking to myself, oh, the amount of times that Yeti Mina has wound up strikers so far this season. He did it obviously quite famously with Patrick Banford, didn't he? He had that like little go to with him. Did it with uh, Oli Watkins a couple of times against Villa as well. He's on. He's just constantly chirping in the face. I mean, he wound. He wound Lionel Messi up as well, he didn't did, he? He's he, he just so constantly chirping in the faces of these strikers, and I just can't wait to see, to see what he's going to do against Cristiano Ronaldo. Because you know, as as I said previously, I think Yeri Mina's been in brilliant form when he's been on the pitch for Everton uh, so far this season. Even, even you know, throughout large parts of that Aston Villa game, I know obviously we can see the three goals in the end, but you know I think through large parts of that game he he played quite well. Thought he was one of our best players uh, against Norwich last weekend. I Think he slipped under the radar a little bit with with how well he played, just because it was it was so comfortable really at the back, wasn't it? I think both of Norwich's shots on target throughout the game came from outside the area, and that's testament to how well the likes of Michael Keane and Yeri Mina played. Uh, and I think Mina's got all the qualities about him where he can, you know, give give Ronaldo a, a real, a real sort of battle. You do worry about Ronaldo's, you know, acceleration and pace off the line sort of thing. I'm not sure yet. Mina's necessarily got that about him. If Ronaldo turn, manages to turn him quite quickly, I'm not sure what Mina's going to be able to do in that sense. But yeah, you know, he, he's been playing in the Premier League for a good few years now. He's very experienced and. You know he can play himself so that he doesn't get into those sorts of situations. It, obviously, with a player like Cristiano Ronaldo, like, chances are he's going to get shots on on goal, isn't he? Like he's just he's just a phenomenal player. Lee. and I think was it Solskjaer was saying that you almost guarantee the goal when Ronaldo plays. I mean he's been proven fairly right on that so far. I think there's only one one game that he's not scored for for United, and then that was against. Was against villa wasn't it so you know it there's it, it, it's going to be it's going to be hard it's going to it's going to be really really hard and it's going to be an interesting sort of benchmark to see where exactly where yeri mina is but he's put in some phenomenal performances over over a couple of years as you say he came up against lionel messi in the summer didn't he and i don't think he was overawed by that yeah. occasion in it in any way shape or form so he's got He's, he's, he's got the ability and he's got the confidence to be able to go into these games and come up against these type of players. So hopefully he, he will just be fired up and ready ready to do this. Won't be overwhelmed by this occasion either, coming up against uh, a player of the calibre of Cristiano Ronaldo. And, you know, he's, he's going to get chances. Let's hope that Pickford's up to whatever chances he uh, does manage to fashion himself. But hopefully Yeti Mina will be able to limit the amount of chances he does get. And, you know, if if Mina is able to do that and, you know, it's not just Ronaldo, as Benitez was saying, you know, they've got like some Bruno Fernandes as well, Mason Greenwood, uh, Cavani if he plays, Martial if he plays, you know, there's a lot of talent that Manchester United have got. So it's all about our defenders winning their particular battles all over the pitch. But if Mina can, you know, really give... Cristiano Ronaldo will battle. Then it stands us in really good stead. I would say.
0: Well, Prena we'll we'll start with you for the for the predictions.
1: Mm.
0: You um, you're going to start us off with a big <laughs> oh, Everton <thank> win. Thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I've, been, I've been going to Old Trafford since oh, 1978, something like that, and I've seen one win. I was there for the, <laughs> the Brian Oviedo night so uh i'm not flush with confidence um i like what adam said there about jordan pickford i think it's going to be an important game for him we need him to be absolutely honest and he has been this season uh and it was interesting to hear the manager actually name check andy lonergan and uh, Asmir begovic in the press conference when he was asked about um damari gray and andros townsend he was saying that how well they'd done and you know Begovic has played games and hasn't but that indicates that they are working so hard on the training pitch they are pushing Jordan Pickford, which is what we wanted to see. We wanted to see you know some real competition and make you know use better performances from Jordan Pickford. I hope that's the case because he's going to need class performance. Um, we, we never like to uh, to predict negative results in this. I'm not going to start now. Um, I'm going to go for a I'm going to go for a one draw. Sneaky as anything. i to survive a few rough patches along the way. I'm not saying that with any confidence. But, you know, um, hope. More, more hope and optimism than confidence. But, you know, so who knows if I can get his tactics right, if he can put a, you know a real pragmatic team out there, park the bus a little bit maybe and frustrate them. We can do, you know, so almost what Villa did last week, but with the end results. And let's face it, Villa got a good fortune that day as well on a couple of occasions. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go for a draw. Three in a row. That's a draw last season, draw season before, draw this time.
0: No um no Gavin Buckland this week, Chris, who would probably be predicting a 17-nil Man United romp. Are you gonna follow suit or are you feeling a little bit more confident?
1: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'll be confident to the point uh, that that Dave was confident in that, like you said, yeah, the last couple of um seasons in this fixture they have taken A point from that one. Yeah, I'm not predicting any more Brian Oviedo heroics, but we've had 1 1 and 3 3 the last couple of seasons, so I'll say 2 2 for tomorrow.
0: Nice. Adam, can someone make a heat? Can someone emerge as the the new Brian Oviedo tomorrow, or are we going to have a a full house of draws?
2: I think we're going to have a full house of draws, to be honest. I think just the injury situation that we've got at the minute does really, really. Limits the expectations that I can have out of out of this game. Really, I think a draw would be, well, in in any circumstances, going to Old Trafford and getting the draw would be a fantastic result. I think in these circumstances, it would be absolutely monumental. To be honest, you know, like we're likely going to be having a a half-fit Solomon on up front. We're going to have Ben Godfrey playing as a right back when we know that's not going to be his his favoured position at all. We could have. You know, three midfielders, and it it, it like it it does it doesn't bode well. I would say our injury situation, which does does feel fill me with a bit of dread. But as I said previously, like the the highlight of Benitez's tenure so far, I think is the amount of hard work and dedication that his players have put into a lot of those uh, performances so far this season. And um, you know, in the games that the lads have mentioned there, it was hard work and dedication that got us the three three. Uh, last year under Duncan Ferguson as well. We had major injury issues. We were playing Mason Holgate in centre-mid there and we still managed to get a draw. So we've done it before. Let's say we can we can do it again with a 1-1. I'll, I'll agree with prayer.
0: Well, we need to have some optimism to finish the <laughs> I'm going to go 2-1 Everton, Yeri Mina, last-minute winner, and then he goes and does a dance in front of Ronaldo. <laughs> From the step again, that would be the perfect. And then from from to look up to the skies, and you're on Beezer's shoulders. Perfect. <laughs> perfect day, perfect yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Well, we will be back next week, and hopefully, 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 everything across that you have that we get a win at Old Trafford, and carry on the positive start of the season under he Says we'll be back to discuss the game and much, much more because. Everything's always happening when when you're an Everton fan. I'm sure there'll be more news to, to discuss. You can follow all the action tomorrow with Adam and Chris, including their player ratings and things like that, on the Echo website. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. I'm sure you can find us all easily enough or join the Royal Blue Podcast group on Facebook. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.
1: You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast
0: from the Liverpool Echo.